0: Minded with Ronnie Scalzo. Could this be the last Mackie ad ever? Will the company that makes fab audio gear for beginners and pros alike come to the table with more money to help fund this long-running, high-flying, God-fearing, mother-loving podcast? We cornered podcast host and male eyebrow model Ron Scalzo, outside his neighborhood Chick-fil-A, and demanded answers. Mr. Scalzo, Mr. Scalzo, will Mackie continue to endorse the Independent Minded Podcast? i don't know and there you have it mackie and ronnie on the rocks could this be the end of hawking microphones the end of pitching products the end of solicitation of stuff if ron bows out who will get that sweet sweet mackie podcasting cash grab if mackie says no go bro will ron finally sell his kidneys so that the podcast continues Tune in next time! Through the years, the Mackie name has stood for innovation, great sound, and dependability. Today, Mackie touches every corner of the creative space. From studio recording, mixing, and monitoring, to a full range of live sound solutions. Microphones, studio and live mixers, headphones, and in-ear monitors, podcasting tools, amplification and processing, and so much more. Mackie brings you the next generation of creatives, the next generation of tools. Or is it the other way around? ho, 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 ho. In any case, if you've got a dream, realise it at Mackie.com. You're the one that should be worried. You're a freak. You're heading for big trouble. Hey, it's me. I'm trapped in episode 120, more specifically talking to you from inside a closet in Austin, Texas. Don't ask me what I'm doing here. Just roll with it. Sit back with your whiskey sour and enjoy your monthly treatment of inspiration and conversation with independent artists from around the world. And whether you've stumbled in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, baldfreak.com slash podcast, you've done yourself a great service and i hope you brought some extra popcorn because ronald's got a double feature for you this time around first a trek to california and a look inside the home offices of independent label and recording studio kitten robot records i talked to indie musicians paul rosler and josie cotton they share some history some new music and a few stories about resilience and collaboration then it's off to chicago and a talk with stabbing westward founding member and keyboardist walter flaccus Walter talks about his career in radio, his band's commercial success in the late 1990s, and what it's been like to make and release Stabbing Westward's first new album in 20 years. Let's kick the journey off with the song Pussycat Babylon from Josie Cotton. Thanks for coming along for the ride right here on Independent Minded. It's right. Helping them out just by making them talk About all the blue that they do I'm at the tail end of a late afternoon trek To historic Filipino town Trudging through urban Los Angeles Towards the offices of Kitten Robot Records My phone tells me You've arrived at your destination But I'm standing in the middle of an alleyway I begin to sleuth I spot a random door one level up in the corner building A probable entrance to a musical speakeasy tucked discreetly above a boxing gym. Not so easy to find unless you know who to ask for. And I do. But at the door, I'm greeted by a dog, a corgi named Bijou. Behind her, the proprietor, Paul Rosler. Paul welcomes me in. He and Bijou lead me down a hallway. (laughs) Guitars hang on the wall to my right. To my left, eerie framed photos of clowns. I immediately feel at home. Before I even take out a microphone, Paul and I are talking about the aesthetics of this place, filled with what are called conversation pieces.
1: The style he's going for? Jack the Ripper visits a Victorian bordello.
0: Kitten Robot Records isn't just a record label or a recording studio. It's also Paul's home, one half of which he shares with his wife Rachel and their various household pets. There's the corgi, some cats, and some guinea pigs, too. Domesticated animals add an interesting shade to the space and the decor is inspiring.
1: When I was a kid, I I watched the movie Performance. I saw Mick Jagger's house in that movie and I was always like, I want my house to be like that.
0: I need a bohemian atmosphere. I'm an artist, like yourself. Black brick-facing, vintage photos, a gold-painted deer's head, an Edgar Allan Poe pillow atop a black and white striped chair. It's not Tim Burton cartoony, but the domestic side of Kitten Robot Records is a goth's wet dream. And on the other side of this labyrinth, a legit recording studio, an analog console, a digital workstation, the gear, the gadgets, the familiar weight of a heavy studio door, it's all here. This is the space where Paul does his production work for Kitten Robot. He shares it with another artist, Josie Cotton. Paul and Josie can record their own music here. And now they work with other bands too and release it all on Kitten Robot Records. And it was inside a recording studio that Josie first met Paul another lifetime ago when Rosler came in to lay down some tracks on a punk rock record.
2: he was so serious and so intense, and I just wondered, who is that?
0: Josie Cotton has had her own musical adventures prior to Kitten Robot. She doesn't like talking about herself, promoting herself, taking pictures. It's an uncomfortable side of the business for some artists. But when you run your own label, you not only have more creative control, you can be more selective about how you pimp yourself out. That wasn't always the case for Cotton, whose song, Johnny Are You Queer, became a surprise hit in the early 1980s.
2: I did a very controversial song that had a huge backlash in every facet of society around
0: the world. It's true. Some music mags and conservative groups criticized Cotton and the song for promoting homosexuality, a much more taboo subject back in 1981.
2: I was banned in Amsterdam, so...
0: But Cotton says several fans have since thanked her for making a song that helped them come to terms with their sexual identity. The notoriety of Johnny Are you Queer helped put Cotton on the map, She'd eventually score a deal with Electra Records and was thrust into the major label system.
2: My dream was, at one point, was to be on a major label. The best thing that happened to me was when I was dropped from Electra because I really had to go on a journey finding different music styles I wanted to do.
0: Years later, Cotton and Rosler would reunite in the hills of Malibu, a place where Cotton says all the strange people live. They take their first real shot at the whole DIY thing. That eventually leads to working together at Kitten Robot. Paul handles the audio side, while Josie provides a more aesthetic inspiration for the label. The look of it
2: comes from Josie,
0: 100%. That's Bruce Duff, Josie and Paul's third arm at Kitten Robot. Bruce met Paul in 45 Grave, an 80s era Los Angeles punk band that once featured Nirvana and Foo Fighters guitarist Pat Smear. <laughs> Asked Bruce about his role at Kitten Robot, he compares himself to film director
2: Robert Rodriguez. In his garage, he's got a computer and he edits a scene. Takes him a few hours. When he's done editing, he literally rolls his chair across the garage, spins it around, he gets on the other computer, and he does the soundtrack to that scene. That's kind of a microcosm of my day. I'm on one computer doing all this business stuff, and at about six o'clock in the morning, Six in the evening, rather, I roll across to the Pro Tools computer and finish up what I have. Wearing many hats,
0: multitasking. Yes, I do feel Bruce's pain. When you focus too much on the business, the art can suffer. When you're one person doing everything, it's hard to make the business grow. It's never just been about talent. It's never just been about hustle. Many who claim to be self-starters eventually find themselves in over their heads, in a business that's ever-changing and unforgiving. But for some, the passion is innate.
1: By 15, I was completely neurotically obsessed with music. I was practicing 10 hours a day. I was studying classical, and I was writing a 47-minute-long Prague piece in the style of um, Jethro Tull, Emerson, Lincoln, Palmer, and Yes. I remember once going on a trip, and I literally felt what I came to realize was withdrawal syndrome from not being by a piano. And we had to search out a piano on the island somewhere so I could play it. At
0: Kitten Robot, Rosler can work on his own music at his own pace. His piano, his synths, his ability to record all just steps from where he lays his head at night. It's a blessing, and Paul knows it. It wasn't always so easy for him. The New Haven, Connecticut native came to California as a kid and became a prominent part of the L.A. punk scene. His sister played bass in influential punk band Black Flag. Roslow never found mainstream success as a musician, but that's probably because he never looked for it. His own music is challenging, and decidedly so.
1: In making music, there's this mystical side to it where we have to do it anyway, and it's this really passionate process. You know, that's why it's so fantastic to have Bruce and Josie in a label now where I can sort of guilt-free worry less about the back end of getting people to hear it. It's a world of specialization. I do not have the arrogance to think that I can be good at every single thing in the world. I'm just trying to be good at one thing, really. You know, and even that is very, very challenging. By bringing in other bands to record at
0: Kitten Robot, Rosler could be just looking for a cash grab. Instead, he
1: uses that role as a producer to find further inspiration. I mean, I am continually surprised by bands that are the furthest thing from the genre I would probably appreciate. And I'm listening to music and I feel it right here in my gut. I'm feeling it. Being part of the process is such a gift. Finding
0: musical kindred spirits
1: is one thing. Finding the
0: right ones to start a business with is another thing entirely. It can all go south quickly. It can lead to lawsuits, add blood. But Josie and Paul recognize what the other brings to the table.
2: He's just a magical unicorn. And as a producer, he can truly fall in love with every single person who comes in here. Even if he doesn't like their music to begin with, he will make their music something he can love.
1: This person had faith in me and gave, gave me a shot because I've had many jobs and I've had fallow periods, as they say, where I would always make music. I just put out a four double album set of music I made in my bedroom in obscurity. You know, it's 65 songs. It's five hours long. And there was never a shred of hope that that music would ever be released. So I had very dark periods where it wasn't like this. And if people wonder how to get this, All I can say is that for myself, there was no choice. I was going to be making music no matter what. I've been pulled back by music every time I tried to walk away. Yes, right now I am successful, and it took quite a while to get here.
0: Yep, sometimes it takes quite a while to get to your destination. Kind of like it did for me to get back to Santa Monica from Kitten Robot Records. When we wrap the interview, it's rush hour in L.A., and I'm nowhere near my apartment. So I hang back for a while and talk shop with Paul. After I say goodbye, I loiter outside in the dark so my phone can tell me where the nearest train station is. Yes, there are trains in L.A. From across the street, I watch Paul and his wife step out with Biju the Corgi for an early evening walk. Paul lights a cigarette. They're both smiling. If this is making it in the anti-establishment music business, if the journey is twisted but eventually ends up feeling like home, especially when your home is a goth's wet dream with a recording studio and a corgi inside it, then I'm still a believer. Chicago, Illinois. Walter Flaccus and I have a lot in common. We both play synthesizers. We both wear cool hats. And we always wanted to do just two things.
3: You know, in high school i'm like i'm gonna be either in a band or i'm gonna be on the radio i love both i just love playing music for people so i'm like all right i'm gonna go do radio and then we'll do the band on the side and that's exactly what i did
0: i started a band from brooklyn called secret army walter started a band from chicago called
3: stabbing westward i was working top 40 nights in peoria when everybody in the band said you know what we are all quitting our jobs are you in or are you out? And I'm like, I have benefits. I have a full-time paycheck. I've got a, ah.
0: Stability, insurance, a career with a promising start. Were Walter and I really gonna give up that top 40 radio glory for rock and roll? This is where our paths
3: diverge. But I didn't wanna live my life going like, oh, if only I had, what if, and I'll look at these guys, they made it and I didn't. Like, ah. So I'm like, I can always get back into radio. And it worked out.
0: Soon after that fateful decision, one I was never brave enough to make myself, Stabbing Westward scored a major label deal with Columbia Records and rode the wave of industrial rock's newfound popularity to stardom. The band's success was helped along by the emergence of dark figures clad in black leather, Doth males wearing eyeliner and nail polish.
3: 1993, Nine Inch Nails was on the rise and kicking ass and people were paying attention. And Columbia's like, well, we need our nine inch nails, and we just happened to be making a little bit of noise at the time. So they grabbed us. Great.
0: Stabbing Westward would score back to back gold records with Columbia. They'd wind up on tour with their idols, legendary British New Wavers Depeche Mode, a band that Walter commends me for pointing out as an influence. The dark and angry sounds he and his bandmates would create were certainly in tune with D Mode's rhythmic and sultry melancholy New Wave. Are you I was still making that music too. I loved all that music Ministry, Front 242, Ebb, Killing Joke, KMFDM, God Lives Underwater, Cubanate, Die Wartzow, Pop Will Eat Itself, Prick, The Revolting Cox. A lot of it came from Chicago on independent imprint Wax Tracks Records. A lot of it came from Germany, inspired in part by bands like Kraftwerk and Tangerine Dream. It was music created by primitive and bulky machines. Samplers, sequencers, and synths. There were familiar tropes, thin and scratchy guitar tones, electronic bleeps and bloops, processed and distorted vocals, seven remixes of the same goddamn song, <laughs> organized chaos. And then there were the lyrics. Lead singer Christopher Hall handled those duties in Stabbing Westward. Henning hit singles inspired by heartache, dejection, rage, betrayal, and despair. I don't know.
3: so lucky to be able to work with a guy who can write lyrics like that, who can be so honest, who can write these songs that people can identify with. I think that's always been the hidden key to the success this band has had is we've got a guy who everybody can tap into his message and his lyrics. The fact that he still has it through all of our life changes over the past 30 years is amazing.
0: I was one of those young adults who identified. I saw Stabbing Westward at the peak of their powers at a show in New York City. I moshed, I stage dove, I pumped my fist in a sweaty club and demanded more. Christopher Hall was more famous than me, definitely prettier than me. And yet clearly, he too had been scorned, had been mystified and let down by one-time muses. I knew this pain, I knew this obsession. It's a songwriter's lot in life, that unrequited love. When Walter first met Chris, they bonded over the same.
3: Christopher and I met at summer band camp and... We were both chasing the same girl at camp throughout the week. Um, Neither of us got her.
0: The two have been friends and bandmates ever since, and the core members of a group that would burn out after all that commercial success. Stabbing Westward disbanded in 2002. There was the usual turmoil, bad blood. I also know this pain. When there's money involved, credits, lawyers, those relationships that had solidified thanks to all the musical bonding can splinter, at least for a while.
3: I went back into radio. Christopher started the Dreaming, and then in 2014, Circumstances brought us back together, and he's like, hey, you wanna do music again? I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I got some ideas. I'd love to have an outlet for it, and that led to the last Dreaming record we did together, and then we were asked if we would play the Cold Waves Festival here in Chicago. As Stabbing West, we're like, I don't know if anybody really cares about Stabbing. We were kind of doing the Dreaming now. They're like, oh no, people would love this. How about if you play the pre-party at a 600-seat venue here? Like, uh, okay, sure, it sold out in three minutes. And then we did the same thing at the truck in Philly. And it's just like, all right, I guess there are people who still care. And that's when we just started slowly creating the tunes for this.
0: Renaissance's don't just happen because there's money or there's interest. That doesn't hurt. But sometimes it just takes one phone call, one text message, a shared experience, a tweak in perspective. Sometimes the worst thing that can happen to one person can set a reunion in motion. Sometimes a loss leads to a win.
3: And so when he reached out because his father passed away and said, I'm coming back to Illinois, I want to hang out. I thought about it and I'm like, you know what? This guy's like my brother. He is the closest friend I've ever had in my entire life. I need to take the 30,000 foot view. Think about the big picture. And yeah, of course, I'm going to come to your dad's funeral. And we hung out for 15 hours and it was just like, yeah, He and I are like brothers, and we'll always have that connection, and it'll always be there till the day we pass.
0: After a long break from releasing music, Walter gets sucked back into the vortex. Just another thing he and I have in common. For my industrial metal band, Return to Earth, it's been a dozen years. For Stabbing Westward, it's been more than two decades. Once again, Walter has trumped me. And the band makes moves that reconnect them to their glory days. They work with producer John Fryer, a key figure in their early success, and the man responsible for producing the band's two best albums. They hook up with Cop International, a boutique media company that specializes in the type of music Walter makes. These are relationships that he says allow Stabbing Westward to be the most honest version of themselves. And after all that time away, after all that turmoil, the band still sounds like the band I fell in love with in the 90s.
4: To the silence, really tell me everything you cannot say. Am I not to say anything to you? Am I not to say anything
0: to you? But the music industry has changed so much since those days become a wild west show in devalue. it beats some of us down it breaks us apart so as stabbing westward shares its first new album in two decades with the masses what are the expectations what really matters
3: we're not trying to be top of a radio chart top of an album chart this is just us being able to carry on do the music that we have in our hearts that we hear in our heads that we want to do together get it out there and have people still care about it that's success
0: Walter and Stabbing Westward have come all the way back. They're playing more shows in Chicago, in the Pacific Northwest, in Europe. They get to cherry-pick these moments now. And all their time toiling in the major label music industry have set them up for this experience. Success breeds confidence, but adversity breeds perspective, and maybe a little gratitude. Music is not just about the music. For those of us who make it, especially the ones who can't stop making it, guys like me and Walter... It's about so much more. It's about comebacks, resilience, passion. It's about brotherhood. And more than anything else, it's about connecting.
3: We get messages all the time from people, oh, you helped me out of such a dark time or such a horrible relationship or whatever it is. The fact that it touched somebody in that way is so powerful and it it really is the biggest compliment.
0: song is ghost by stabbing westward it's from the new album chasing ghosts out now on cop international earlier in the podcast we heard maker that's a new one from paul rosler and pussycat babylon by josie cotton that one's from the album of the same name and it's out now on kitten robot records and let me consult my list of thanks paul josie bruce thank you so much for the hospitality ray rolden at ray bpr for connecting us and sending out an equal amount of love to Walter and Stabbing Westward publicist Selena Fragasi for making that interview happen. Find out more about the guests, kittenrobot.com, paulrosler.com, stabbingwestward.bandcamp.com, and of course the podcast at baldfreak.com slash podcast, and follow me on social media at baldfreakmusic. Drop me a love letter. Link me to your independent music at ron at baldfreak.com. Subscribe, suffer through all 120 episodes, and leave the best review ever for Independent Minded on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever the hell you listen to podcasts. Well, it's time to step out of the closet and into the sunlight once again. Who knows when I'll return or what closet I'll be in next. I sure as hell don't. (laughs) But wherever I am and whenever that is, I sure hope you'll join me.